Hello and welcome to 31 Days of Terror, day number 26. And I have two spooky stories for you today. And story number one comes from Jade. My first two stories centre around my mum, who has always been interested in the paranormal, although she's still not sure what she believes. I'll start this first story by setting the scene a little bit. The house I grew up in was built in the 1930s and we moved into the house when I was around 10 years old and my little brother was around 5. It has the original fireplaces still in the living room and the dining room with the original wooden floors and the original stained colour glass front door. The first day we moved in, my mum was upstairs in what would soon become hers and my dad's bedroom. She was putting some boxes on the top of her wardrobe when a card fluttered down to her feet. It was a good look in your new home card from her parents who had died before I was born. To this day, my mum always says that she forgot she had the card as it was given to her before she had even met my dad. She always describes the way it fell. It swayed right to left as it slowly fell from the top of the wardrobe, almost like the way a feather falls. I'm not sure where the card is now, but she's due to move house in a few days, so I'm secretly hoping that it shows up again. My second story is also about my mum and isn't as warming as the previous story. This happened around 10 years ago, so I would have been around 20 years of age. It was 11 o'clock at night and my dad was working away and wasn't expected home for another day or so. My mum had just finished reading some of her book so was settling down to go to sleep. She said she had been lying on her back, looking at the ceiling while trying to get to sleep when the feeling of someone sitting down on my dad's side of the bed caught her attention. She said she felt the mattress sink and the duvet tighten, as if someone was sitting on the bed. All of a sudden she felt pressure on her chest and the duvet tighten around her, as if someone had straddled her chest. She said she could feel the weight and an increase in temperature, but she's convinced this was her panicking. I was sat in my room, when I could hear my mum calling my name. I remember being slightly annoyed that she was calling me. I walked into her room and switched on her main light and she was lying on her back panting as if she'd been running. I asked her what was wrong and she explained to me what had just happened. Safe to say she shared my bed that night. After that she never experienced anything else that extreme. She experienced taps on the shoulder, someone calling her name when she was home alone and seeing something out of the corner of her eye numerous times, but she was never visited again by the bed hogger. My next story starts at the start of May 2022, when my boyfriend and I moved into our new flat with our one-year-old puppy, Ollie. The three blocks of flats were originally a prison before the First World War. However, Bristol was hit hard during the First World War, which displaced a lot of families and meant that after the war the prison was knocked down and replaced with the flats that are here today. According to the research I've done, the flats used to house around 508 people in 83 apartments. Most of these families were poor and the flats were considered to be a slum. So fast forward to now. At the moment we don't have anyone below us, to the side of us or above us as the flats are due to have internal renovations. At first I didn't feel anything weird, didn't notice any strange noises and if I did, I just shrugged it off and put it down to the flat being in an old building or the boiler. It wasn't until we were fully settled in and finding our routine 
that I started to pay more attention to the noises I was hearing. I was working from home in the spare room, typing away in full work mode, when the sound of four heavy footsteps came from above me. I'm not going to lie, I froze in fear for a few seconds, a little unsure as to what could have made the noises. I wanted to calm myself and try and debunk it. My first thought was that it was Ollie playing with a toy, but lo and behold he was fast asleep on the bed behind me. My second thought was maybe some workmen had gone up to start some works. So I checked the video doorbell and no one had come up or down the stairs since my boyfriend had left for work that morning. I turned up the radio slightly louder than normal and tried to carry on with my day. A few weeks had passed and I'd sort of forgotten about the assumed footsteps and hadn't heard anything else since. Until one lunchtime, Ollie and I had returned from a walk and decided to sit on the sofa and relax for a while before going back to work. I was mindlessly tickling Ollie's head while scrolling on the phone. When Ollie let out a deep, guttural growl, a noise I hadn't heard him make before. He was staring up at the corner of the ceiling, heckles up and teeth showing. Before I could make any attempt to calm him down, I heard footsteps. This time it sounded like they were running back and forth. I heard what sounded like a door slamming and a ball being bounced, and a few more running footsteps. It lasted for around seven seconds and stopped as quickly as it started. By now, Ollie was sat on top of my lap, growling at the ceiling. After what felt like ages, I managed to get Ollie off me and calm. I called my boyfriend and explained what had happened, who, let's just say, doesn't believe in anything paranormal. And whilst he did initially laugh it off, he did pop back home to check in on us. We checked the doorbell camera again and not a single person had walked up or down the stairs. While I'll watch the paranormal shows, go on ghost hunts and listen to the podcast, I have never experienced something that I couldn't logically explain. This shocked me to the point where I felt uneasy sitting in the living room by myself. In the days that followed, I found myself trying to explain what it was. I was purposefully walking Ollie the long way home to see if the windows were open, checking the doorbell video to make sure the settings were correct and if it was actually turned on. What gave me a slight bit of comfort was that the noises weren't coming from inside our flat. My brother, who just happens to be our landlord, offered to show me the flat above us to see if I could explain the noises away. Now let me tell you something. I strolled into that flat feeling like Zach Bagans, all the gear and no idea. I had my phone at the ready to take some pictures and my slightly amused brother in tow. I walked around the flat looking for things that could explain the noises. There was nothing. No ball, no furniture, just an empty flat ready for decorating. I went back home feeling slightly disappointed. I wanted a window to be open or something but there was nothing. A few days passed without incident and I was starting to feel calmer and just put it down to a new home and getting used to the noises. Our Saturday routine has swiftly become our cleaning day. So a few weeks ago we had a full day cleaning and by the time we'd finished I was ready for a shower and to relax. Keep in mind not 20 minutes before I was cleaning the bathroom and it was spotless. So I was careful to close the shower door by the handle not to smear the clean glass I had just wiped down after getting out of the shower. I turn around to the sink with the shower now behind me. I brushed my teeth and turned back to face the shower which is next to the door. And what do I see? I see two full-sized handprints 
on the outside of the shower cubicle. I calmly walked out of the bathroom and popped my head into my boyfriend who was sat watching TV, patiently waiting for me to finish in the bathroom. I asked him if he had come into the bathroom and touched the shower, knowing full well that the bathroom isn't big enough for him to come in, press both hands on the shower door and get out without me seeing or hearing him. I asked him to follow me to the bathroom so I could show him something. I pointed at the handprints on the shower door. We both stood in the bathroom in utter shock and watched the handprints fade as the steam left the bathroom. To top it all off, Alexa and my tablet are now getting in on the action. She will randomly come out with, sorry, I didn't catch that, or will laugh randomly. I have a new Samsung tablet which is left in a drawer when I'm not using it as Ollie will pick it up and parade around like he's got a tasty treat in his mouth. I opened my tablet and found that the screen was on the Android version of Siri and it was showing what I can only assume was questions or statements. I read them and couldn't remember saying anything like what was showing on the screen or watching or listening to anything that resembled what was on the screen. We've had other little things happen too, like vivid dreams or things being moved, like my glasses, a tea towel and a spoon, little taps on the front door and Ollie randomly growling at nothing. We've made a joke about all this happening and jokingly said that we should charge rent or at least it could do something helpful like tidy up. That story about your mom with the card is lovely. Like what are the what are the chances? I mean, maybe it was something that a box that she sort of hadn't moved since she last moved house or maybe it was something that you know there's certain things in your house that you might only use when you're moving house maybe that was it but how lovely that she found that card that is so beautiful I love it and I kind of secretly hope that she finds it again please let me know did she find it again I think living on the site of an old prison has its own paranormal inevitabilities I always specifically reference psychiatric hospitals as having real paranormal energy um, and that's probably because I have my own experience of a psychiatric hospital so I can attest to the weird atmosphere but I think prisons are the same like so many people end up in prison who are terrified to be there who are really angry who are really depressed sometimes they have really severe mental health issues that maybe were never addressed sometimes they're just not very good people sometimes they're good people who have done a terrible thing either way there's so much emotion that goes on in the prison. Like if there was ever going to be emotional energy left behind, it, I feel like it would be in a prison. And what strange little happenings, like footsteps running up and down upstairs and it's the dog that gets me growling at the ceiling. Much like babies, dogs are their own paranormal barometer. You know, they sense things that we don't. Right, and the handprints on the shower is not good. Like, there is an element of consent involved in voyeurism. You know, voyeurism needs to be consensual. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but the idea of something pressing its hands against the shower while you were in there, oh, no, 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 that is so terrifying. That is so scary. I hate um, being really self-referential every time I do a listener's story. But the weirdest thing happened to me this morning with that device that knows our own name. She's here beside me, so I'm afraid to say her name because she will activate. So what I'm going to do is I'm instead of telling you what happened, I'm just going to send you the voice messages that I sent to my friend this morning to explain the situation and make of it what you will. So you know the way my um, my wake up song is Harry Styles. So it wakes up like and it's all happy, cheery, cheery, right? My alarm went off. I was like, Alexa, stop. 
and this is what played. Hang on. What the fuck is happening? Like, I haven't changed it. So make of that what you will. Um, I think I'm haunted. And story number two comes from Natasha. I've always been sensitive to the supernatural. My mother and grandparents tell me that it runs in the family. But I've also experienced a lot of trauma growing up, so maybe it's a little of both. I have had many different experiences throughout my life, ranging from having someone scream in my ear to wake up because I was late for school, seeing shadows of people in my bedroom, my father who passed away when I was a child appeared to my roommate on our first night in our first apartment, the friendly basement ghost and many, many more. I will be sharing with you some of the most intense experiences I have had. Most happens with vivid dreams or overwhelming feelings. I would like to apologise if it's confusing, I tend to ramble. An important detail I need to disclose for later on is when I was around six or seven on the day of my great uncle's funeral, I was riding my bike across the street when I was hit by a car. I was riding a bike that was much too big for me so I ended up landing on the car windshield. If I was not wearing a helmet I most likely would have either died or had permanent brain damage. Somehow I walked away with only a couple of cuts and bruises. For as long as I can remember I've had horrible nightmares as well as very vivid dreams. I'm not ashamed to admit that up until I moved out of my mother's house at 19 there were nights where I'd sneak into bed with her because I was terrified from one of my nightly night terrors. As I've already mentioned, I am sensitive to the paranormal. I've had multiple different times where I've dreamed something that has come true. An important part to disclose is that when I have these dreams, it is not like I dream of something happening to a specific person, then a couple of days later they do. No, when I have these dreams, whatever bad thing is about to happen, happens to me. And then later... I come to find out that it has actually happened to someone close to me. The most memorable would be when I was in high school. My boyfriend at the time, his father, was a retired pastor. I had a dream that I was possessed. I remember walking down my stairs, down my hallway and into my kitchen. I then stopped and looked around at the walls. All the walls were covered in devilish symbols in some kind of red liquid. I then felt like I did not have any control of my body. I remember thinking to myself in my dream that I was possessed and how this was how I died. I then woke up. It was a creepy dream but I didn't think much of it and ended up falling back asleep. The next morning my boyfriend was late coming over. When I asked why, he went into the story of how the night before him and his father were awoken late at night by a car pulling into the driveway. It ended up being one of our high school friends that had driven one hour from their apartment to my boyfriend's house in search for his father's help. Their story was that they'd been playing the Ouija board that night and things had gotten out of hand and they believed their female friend was now possessed and they needed my boyfriend's father's help to find someone to bless her or perform an exorcism. My boyfriend and his father then drove our friends to a family friend's house who was in charge of our local church. What happened after that, I don't know. I was in shock. What were the chances that I would have a dream of being possessed the same night that this happened to my friends and my boyfriend? 
Whether she was really possessed or not, it was still too much of a coincidence for me to ignore. I would normally have these dreams every now and then, but lately it's become worse and worse. My fiancé and I bought our first house in 2020 and moved from our home in Prince Edward Island to Nova Scotia. I was working evening at the time and my fiancé mornings. We only had one car so I would wake up early, drive him to work, come home and nap before getting ready for work. I would always nap on the couch. One day I was napping and experienced a very vivid dream. My living room was set up with my couch facing a rectangular shelf against the wall. In my dream I was laying on the couch facing the shelf. I then saw my hat being slid out from under a paperweight on the shelf, then levitating above the shelf. I remember opening my mouth to say something, but having no voice. I then felt myself being slowly levitated from my couch. I was trying to hold on to the back of my couch, mentally screaming for whoever was lifting me to stop, since I did not have any voice to say it out loud. After a minute or two of complete terror, I jumped awake. My heart was racing as I scanned my living room, looking for anyone or anything that might be in my house. I was completely alone. Another time was a couple of months later. My fiancé was playing video games in the living room and I was taking a nap on the couch beside him. Once again, I was having another very vivid dream. I dreamt that I was laying on the couch watching my fiancé play video games when I went to say his name, but I found that I had no voice. I then started to freak out trying to scream his name to get his attention and he just sat there, facing forward, focused on his game. After a couple of minutes of screaming with no sound and trying to hit my fiancé to get his attention, I was pushed off my couch onto the hardwood floor. Still no noise. I went to jump up off the floor but instead I felt someone or something grab my ankles and pull me under my couch. I jumped awake and my fiancé asked me if I was alright because I was so pale and my heart was racing. I also recently started having very vivid dream loops that I can't wake up from. I have to scream myself awake. Let me explain. I will dream that I'm getting ready for work, very vivid, to the point that I believe I'm really getting ready for work. I'd go into my bedroom, get out my clothes, get dressed, text my friends, then go into the bathroom to brush my teeth. And this was when I would realise that I'm dreaming because I have no reflection in the mirror. I would say, oh, I'm dreaming, and then I wake up, shake off my strange dream and start getting ready for work, go into the bathroom, brush my teeth, no reflection, wake up, shake off the strange dream, continue over and over multiple times, each time realising I'm actually dreaming sooner and sooner to the point where I'd wake up, realise right away that I was still dreaming and scream, but you guessed it, no noise, and eventually I would finally actually wake up. Me knowing it's real this time because my screams have noise and I have a reflection in the mirror. These dreams became almost nightly for a while to the point where I was always questioning if I was actually awake, but eventually they stopped. That was until a couple of weeks ago. I had a dream I woke up in the middle of the night to a noise coming from my bathroom. I whispered to my fiancé to wake up because someone was in our bathroom. Instead, he just groaned and rolled over. Getting mad that he wasn't taking me seriously, I said, fuck it, I will go and check myself. I got out of bed, walked past the end of my bed, but then I was stopped by an invisible field, like I had walked into an invisible person that was blocking my way. Confused, I stared straight ahead, and just as I was about to yell for my fiancé to wake the fuck up, I felt myself being levitated by the back of my shirt. I let out a noiseless scream and jumped awake. 
My fiance and I actually came up with a safe word. I have speech issues, so we picked a word that I just cannot say properly as our safe word. In our minds, if I can say the word correctly, then I'm still dreaming. Remember the car accident? Well, when I was in junior high, I was sitting in French class, just minding my own business, when one of my classmates, who I don't normally talk to, turned around to me and said, It's time. It's time to wake up now. I, of course, was like, what the fuck? And replied, what do you mean? And what he said scared me to this day. Tasha, it is time to wake up now. You've been in a coma since your car accident, but it's time for you to wake up. I just about shit myself. I had never told him or really anyone at my current school about my accident. So my question for you is, what if I am in a coma? No, I'm sorry. Do not start this shit with me, Tasha. This is like the brain in the vat theory, you know, that we're all just big brains floating around in a big vat. No, 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 no. You're not in a coma. You are very much lucid and living in the present. And maybe after the accident, maybe you developed the ability to dream in a lot more intense way than other people. But let me tell you, you're not in a coma. Because if you're in a coma and you're writing me an email, that's very fucking impressive. Okay, All of those dreams sound absolutely horrendous. Just horrendous. They all sound so terrifying. And obviously dreaming about stuff that's going on, but dreaming about like it's happening to you and then having all these terrifying dreams. You know what? I want to beat the shit out of that classmate who was like, it's time to wake up now. You've been in a coma. Because he has caused all of this. That classmate has caused all of this. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Thank you to Jade and Tasha for sending in your stories. Remember, if you've got a story that you'd like to send in, you can send it to reallifeghoststoriespodcast.gmail.com. You can also check out the website reallifeghoststoriespodcast.com. And if you are desperate for extra content, you can subscribe to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash stories, where for $5 a month or $2 a month, you get access to heaps of extra content, as well as every single main and mini episode completely ad-free. And on that note, I shall see you tomorrow. Alexa and my tablet are now getting in on the action. Alexa will randomly... I don't know that. Fuck's sake.